If music be the food of love, play on. Hello, you musical masticators. I'm Izzy. And I am India. And this is Music Be the Food of Love. (laughs) So each week we take an album and compare it to a dish that we believe signifies the flavours and sounds of both the music and the food. So we look at a range of artists and food from all over the world and we give you guys a history of the musician, the album and the food as well. We appreciate all of you who are listening to our podcast and if you guys have any suggestions for dishes or even albums that you'd like for us to look at, please just drop us a message. Our Instagram page is at if.musicbethefoodoflove and we're hoping to release a website soon, which is super exciting. So this week we are looking at the 2010 Gorillaz album, Plastic Beach. So the dish itself, we've gone with quite a classic English meal, which is also a pescatarian dish as the album itself is quite strong environmental themes within it, which we'll talk about a bit more later. Yeah, and so the dish that we are doing is... Fish and and chips! Um, So you have the battered cod with some tasty chips that are crispy on the outside, um, but soft and burning hot in the middle, exactly the way they should be. Yeah. There's also the mushy peas, which, in my opinion, is the best bit. That, in our view, just helps make the meal... And then there's also the sauces. You've got your salt and vinegar for the chips, the tartare for the cod. And finally, we also have the drink, which in our eyes is going to be an IPA. It's got that slight lightness and sweetness to the drink, but still got that delicious kind of lagerish taste to it. And like for us also, I think this is quite a versatile um, meal itself because I you can definitely see someone eating it at an upscale Gordon Ramsay or Jamie Oliver restaurant but then also it's you know a dish that you can get after a night out at the little chippy shop with your friends and you're all kind of just sharing the food yeah although we've got to remember that we've got to be safe during the pandemic (laughs) so um, only share your food with those you trust so that's just a little reminder (laughs) from us However, remember, guys, just keep cooking, dancing, listening to music and doing all those things to keep yourself up as we slowly descend into the dark days. How ominous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this dish, we also think, is just perfect for those cold, wintry days. Um, Those kind of days where, you know, it's sunny outside, but it's still so cold. You know, you're outside with your friends in the city. You're sat bundled up. You're eating your fish and chips. Or, like, for me a lot, I get, you know ocean vibes so you're you're by the the beach beach. your hair's still kind of damp from the water you're still shivering even though you've got all those layers on Mm -hmm. um but like it's definitely one of those kind of escape dishes yeah um holds loads of memories yeah so we were just like saying that when you think of fish and chips it kind of does bring you back to either a specific place a person or even a time um, in your life. And yeah. we find that with the gorillas also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that band that you don't necessarily think of immediately first as maybe one of your favourite bands or one of those really great bands that you listen to. Mm-hmm. But it, you've been listening to it since you were a kid. It's been there yeah. for your whole life. You've watched, like, all these animated characters 
creating this world yeah. alongside you. It's the kind of band that if it comes on in a party or in a club, everyone knows it and yeah. dances and everyone's like, yes. Everyone just knows just the lyrics. And her- like, yeah. just, it's just a part of almost the culture, I think. Mm. Everyone just knows the gorillas, loves the gorillas, but it's not always that immediate go-to band to yeah. think of. I and I think that's definitely kind of, I mean, Fish and Chips has that escapist nature that mm. the gorillas have with the world that they've created themselves yeah. also. So just to give a little bit background um, for all of you, if you may not know who the gorillas are, they are a British band that was formed in 1998. And what makes the band so unique from a lot of others is that it's um, composed of four animated characters um, called 2D, Murdoch Nichols, Noodle and Russell Hobbs. Um, so within their music videos, they've created a fictional universe with these animations. And until quite recently, they'd only been seen through the animated cells. And this is also even at concerts when mm. they're live in they front did of like, people. They did like holograms yeah. of their animated characters. Just behind them. So sometimes you have got actual people on stage, but the kind of main attraction of a concert is yeah, the holograms that are used kind of in the yeah. backdrop. I mean, a great example would be looking at them and Madonna at the Grammys because they did a collaboration together. But you have just got gorillas as an animation and then everyone else is real. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw them live at Boomtown in 2018 and it was in the Lion's Den pit. I don't know what that, but I think that's what it's called. And it's massive. But what's really cool is they can perform to so many people because they've got the holograms. Yeah. So if you're f- really far away, you it's almost like you're seeing, every, you're seeing the people on stage because it is just the fictional characters. Um, but although there are four animated characters, um, the two um, people who created the band... Um, are these two guys called Damon Albin and Jamie Hewlett. And interestingly, Albin was also the lead singer of Blur. And was at one point, he was actually working with both bands. So he once stated that one of the first ever Gorillaz tunes was Blur's single, On Your Own. And I think that's quite interesting and also just a statement in itself to Albin's ability as a musician to go from quite a classic Britpop style of music with Blur to definitely... Um, a more hip-hop, electro-distorted style of the gorillas. I mean, their influences come from all over the place. You've got De La Soul, Massive Attack, Tribe Called Quest. You've got DJ Cool Herc, Sly and the Family Stone, Earth, Wind and Fire. And I mean, the list does actually just go on. on, and, on. and mm. you've you kind of get this feel within their music that they're taking from all of these artists from all of these genres of music and they're working with it in their own style in their own way and so they've been described in many different forms you know art pop alternative rock hip-hop electronic rap rock alternative hip-hop new wave bedroom pop funk experimental rock postmodern Britpop lo-fi yeah. and quite a few more I feel like I tried to sum like there's less of this as much as I could but they have just this very unique sound that kind of encapsulates a lot of different genres of music mate literally if I was if I was Damon and Jamie I'd be like I'd be so gassed because it seems like it's just so multifaceted their music they don't actually fix and um, they're not fixated into or placed into one genre yeah and that's really lovely mm. and I think with Plastic Beach specifically, it saw them move into a more of a 
electronic pop sound. Yeah. Um, but it's also just such a sick album in the fact that they have the the album features the largest cast of collabor- collaborators than any of their other albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and it album stated that it you know kind of fulfilled this goal of working with an incredibly eclectic surprising cast of people and you do see that i mean we'll go through a few of the songs from the album yeah and you've got all these different collaborators who are also working together within the song themselves yeah which is really sick um and also just to touch on the whole like it's a conceptual album and the concept itself kind of is plastic beach and in an interview um, they kind of say Plastic Beach, which it was just the idea they came up with. And it actually kind of means whatever the individual perceives it to be. So a lot of people um, in analysing this album and listening to it feel that it's about environmental degradation. Um, but I think the band also stresses that it is, um, in its nature, Plastic Beach can, it's kind of moulded into whatever the individual sees it to be. And it's yeah. very ambiguous as well. They the have also stated, though, that it does have, um, they were kind of inspired by an idea of a secret floating island deep in the South Pacific. And it's made up of the detritus, debris and washed up remnants of humanity. And so I think it's it's not specific, but it's kind of, drawing upon the idea of the human condition, human nature, mm-hmm. the kind of degradation and almost fall of humanity that we're seeing sometimes. Yeah, Especially yeah. in regards to climate change yeah. and the environmental... Um, mm-hmm. And I think as well, um, we will be playing for you one of the songs that I'm talking about, but with the introduction, the fall has happened. It opens up with kind of the tragedy and it's like, it's welcoming you to this plastic beach and it's the fall has happened and then it's almost like a storyline the album itself kind of mm. all based on this yeah dystopian world that is centered around this plastic beach yeah and i think it's i i when you think about the album name itself it's really interesting because when you think of beach you think of like white sand you know yeah. blue sea turquoise blue palm trees clouds in the sky this very kind of pristine nature this almost again escape Mm -hmm. from reality to go to this like beautiful beach but then they use plastic and like immediately just distorts your whole image of the beach beach. yeah and so within the title itself they are distorting our like already preconceived ideas of something Mm -hmm. and then entering us into this world yeah it's, it's and it's so so awesome. Yeah, and I think it is quite cynical in nature in that way. But um, so real quick before we move into the songs, just a couple of me- uh, information on the band members. You've got Two D, who's the lead vocals and keyboards. You've got Murdoch Nichols, who's bass and drum, and you've got Noodle, who's guitar and keyboards also. And then finally, there's Russell Hobbs, who's drums and percussion. Um, so that's the members of the band they've been there since the beginning until the present and they're the most consistent members you'll see um so now we're just going to move into our first song so the first song is stylo and this is a salt and vinegar sauce and here we are going to play it for you guys Love 
so as you just heard, um, this song is undoubtedly a banger. <laughs> it features not only Most Deaf, but also Bobby Womack. Um, oh, mate, that the combination of them both is phenomenal. Beautiful. I just, I love it. Um, so as you know, they obviously they feature a lot of artists in their music. And here we just see two legends in their fields contributing to this song. And you've just got these three amazing artists just on one track serving fire from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I just absolutely love this song. And this song itself did help make the album um, into what it was in terms of the Billboard charts. But so... Mm-hmm. For us, we think Stylo's a salt and vinegar sauce on the chips. Um, and we chose a salt and vinegar sauce because I think it's quite a classic choice with chips. Um, when you're yeah. at a little fish and chip shack and you just have to pour the salt and the vinegar yourself and you just like slowly bite into these scorching chips. And and I mean, we decided to go with this topping rather than ketchup or mayo. And I think it's a, it's, this song's a bit more... Um, this is got salt a bit more and vinegar. Edge. It's got a bit more edge than mayo and ketchup. I'm yeah. not going to lie. And also, I mean, I'm just, I'm partial myself to salt and vinegar on my chips. Oh, yeah. Mate, no, I, I think I it's a necessity. I love it. I think I'm a bit a judgmental of someone who doesn't I get, who doesn't get vinegar on their chips. I'm like, sorry, what? Yeah, no, in America, <laughs> when I lived there, no one put salt and vinegar on their chips. Bro, it's that's always a sin. Ketchup. It's a sin. And I'm just like, nah, bruh. <laughs> Put salt and vinegar. Yeah. And also, they do fries. They don't even do chips. They don't do the oh, chunky little mate. chips. That's just, you know, fucking That's it. also a sin. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, so to why this song represents salt and vinegar, I think because you get the sudden tartness um, and extra little something with the vinegar, which is, to us, it's like Bobby's vocals. Yeah. Um, and the salt itself is almost the bridge with most deaf and the gorillas themselves rapping. Um, and so, I mean... <sighs> Bobby's vocals are just incredible. The yeah. rawness when he comes in with them. He got, he's got a bit of a strain when he sings like... Yeah. Thank it's you, like, Lizzie. Beautiful. Yeah, that was... That was, <laughs> that was um, Bobby for you. <laughs> but so definitely like in our minds, there's that vinegar aspect with his voice. Mm-hmm. And that just like... That punch. He just, he extra just, punchiness. Yeah, he ha- comes in with everything. Yeah, it's yeah. like Bobby has entered the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like a little interesting thing about it was... Um, so reportedly, he was unsure about doing the collaboration because he wasn't, he didn't really know who the band was. Um, but his granddaughter really liked them. And oh. so he was persuaded into doing the collab with them. What a G. And they basically, they were, the girls were like, you know, to Bobby, just sing whatever you want, whatever is on your mind. And so he stated, I was in there for an hour going crazy about love and politics, getting it off my chest. And I think you do really get this feeling when he sings that he's just singing from like the core he's just like everything is just coming Mm. out and that's like very soulful yeah and it's definitely the the salt and vinegar sauce yeah and also i do think that just kind of adds to this idea within the song of human nature that we see in the lyrics so the music video if any of you guys are it's amazing and it's also got bruce willis himself and it's a car chase um, but Sick. what I some people kind of see it as a they're arguing that is is the car chase kind of like metaphorical of this race against our own current conditions. So there's at one point one of the cartoon gorillas actually starts smoking. And he kind of shuts down. He's almost a machine. 
So yeah, there's yeah, but there's... also I wondered it, like when I watched it, I couldn't tell if he accidentally shot himself with the gun, yeah, or if he I... just shuts down. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's like still as this I, idea. Yeah. It's kind of I think I like I saw is like technology failing us, and there's also really interesting lyrics. There's this lyrics well sometimes it's hard, and that follows this lyric that's um the love is electric. Mm. And it's yeah. definitely like this kind of atta- our attachment that we see definitely now a lot more than 2010, but I think you could see the beginnings of it, this kind of attachment to machines that I think is mm-hmm. resulting in us losing ourselves oh, in some way. in some way. Yeah, and then, and then the ending, spoiler alert, <laughs> they actually, like, they jump off a bloody cliff and then Bruce Willis is like, I think he just thinks they're dead. And then their car turns into a submarine. Which goes into the next, like, whole idea. For, yeah. the, I think it's, which song is it next that has the submarine for the music video? On Melancholia. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I think it's on Melancholia. Yeah, it All is. the subs, like, underwater. And it starts off with them in a submarine. Mm. So you've got that continuation within the music video as the songs itself. Um, so on to the next song. Um, this is Some Kind of Nature. Um, and for us, this is the Mushy Peas. Some kind of nature, some kind of soul, some kind of mixture, some kind of gold, some kind of majesty, some chemical load. Some kind of metal made up from glue, some kind of plastic I could wrap around you You need to eat man-made They wear phony clothes They sit with our picture And build big Some kind of nature Some kind of soul Some kind of mixture Some kind of Like plastics and digital foils, you wrap up the sound and protect the girls from the spiritual poison you spell at night. Like phony clothes, but I really like my some kind of nature, some kind of nature, some kind of soul.
was some kind of nature, which was the Mushy Mushy Peas. <laughs> so this is the ninth track on the album, and it features, oh my gosh, Lou Reed himself. Like... Damn. Oh my god. Yeah, that's crazy. Phenomenal. Also, he just I you know wouldn't necessarily think that Lou Reed would work with gorillas, but and he it just works does. so well. Yeah. His voice. Oh I just again, think another got, person I'd like to know yeah, in my life. They've got another they've just got amazing e- um ears for music and they're <gasps> really able to work with Lou Reed's voice and their kind of electro pop synthesizers in the background. But in a track by track commentary, Murdoch Nichols described the track as having a sunshiny vibe, which I think is very fitting to kind of a fish and chips. Um, you know, kind of picturing yourself sitting on a beach with the sunshine, or even if it's raining, I just feel like it has that sunshiny vibe. It makes you mm. happy. Um, so the music itself, why I think it represents the mushy peas is it's kind of stodgy like that of the peas, whilst you've got Lou's voice, which has a cutting drollness to it, yet it perfectly melts over this instrumental so it's almost also got this kind of fluid nature to it, like that of the Mushy Peas. They're really creamy, they're really rich. Um, and then you've also got the kind of backing vocals, which kind of sway in the background. They're also very sweet. Um, and they kind of sway along with Lou, which I think kind of like the Peas, it's adding this extra sweetness to the dish. Um, mm. Also, I think, personally, when you're eating fish and chips, I think you can obviously, you can have it without mushy peas but i think it is it is a major part of the dish i think it makes it so much like it's just add something that you don't have otherwise Mm -hmm. this kind of you know almost i mean with the battered cod you've got kind of like a crunch to it you've got a crunch with it with the chips as well and so the mushy peas they just add that kind of softer element and i think that softer element is again lou reed's voice in the song yeah this is the thing, though. Some mushy peas, like they're kind of this condiment that some people detest and some people love. But I would recommend everyone just trying it because, for yeah, personally, I think it's super important. And it really does add that extra bit to the dish. Mm. Do you do you like them? Oh yeah, I love yeah. mushy peas. But no, some, are so good. Yeah. But some people some people don't like them. It's a bit like Marmite. No, to be honest. <laughs> you either hate it or you love it. Hate it. I love it. But I love mushy peas, and I also think like it's a very staple English thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it is something that you just see really in England that people mm-hmm. enjoy. But I do remember as a kid, I wasn't a fan of them. Um, it's something that I've grown I to think, love with yeah. age. Definitely, you've got that mature taste now yeah. <laughs> for the peas. Anyway, um, just a, like a bit of background on this song is they people kind of called it the it's almost like an eco fable, which I love. Um, but he, um, Lou Reed himself, what he's contributed, he kind of just like has semi spoken vocals in the song. Mm. And uh, Murdoch, the bass player, stated that Reed um, he tried to ban the Gorillas from the studio, so he um, he says that he wants to do. Um, his whole vocal thing in private. So Lou Reed actually ordered everyone out of the studio. And so he got his groove on, but then everyone kind of crawled back in and um, and they like, apparently they were under the mixing desk where he couldn't see. <laughs> but the, in one part he says, I love Lou, but you know, this is my album. <laughs> it's true though. Mm. I love Lou. But I think what's really cool is... Um, Lou Reed does I think he was in kind of his own world he yeah, is aware I that think, he's contributing to the album but he gives his own little take yeah, on it yeah I do also think you know he was you know member of the uh, Velvet Underground, Underground. Oh, and that's got you know it's such a classic 
group and it's it does hold like a lot of you know a lot of prominence yeah within the you know they do hold a lot of history and they are a very important band for a lot of reasons and so i do think he does get this you know he's lou reed oh yeah he's a big man (laughs) (laughs) literally but i think oh god this is a great song i love it but I do it's love it. Really I think, cool. you know, you see with, for example, you see with Lou Reed and you see with Bobby Womack, both of them, they have this, this, you know, love for their music, this want to just create almost um, in their own different ways. But, you know, Lou wanted the studio to himself to just release almost. Yeah. And Bobby also just went off on his own singing all about mm. love and politics that he could. And you see this yeah. just... In both of these songs, this love for music and this love for what yeah. you're creating. I think as well, they're really putting themselves out there because I like yeah. it's so different to Velvet Underground. It doesn't sound like Lou Reed kind of song. It's no, gorillas it's and not him not combined. But then again, you know, Stylo isn't most there for Bobby, is it? Yeah. But they yeah. both, you know, they add something that you wouldn't expect them to add. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really lovely. Um, so I think we should move on to the next song and this is Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach and this is the Tartar Sauce. Gorillas in the boss dog, planet of the apes. From the ocean, now with devotion Push peace and keep it in motion Kids gather around, yeah I need your focus I know it seems like the world is so hopeless It's like wonderland Me, picture and animate me Cause I'm rolling, heat holding Click clacking, crack a lacking Full packing, more stacking Agging the food when I teach Welcome to the world of the plastic beach Yeah Welcome to the world of the plastic beach Mirror, mirror on the wall Boss dog, give it to him Get involved, turn it up 
Speed it up, slow it up. Underground, but he under us. Undercut, shipped up, chipped out. Swimming with the sharks with my gills up. Turn the wheels up real tough. Drinking lemonade in the shade. Getting blade with a gang of peel gloves. Yeah, this is my path. Belly flopping, rocking while I'm rocking in the bubble bath. And I'm just like math. Four zones added up to get you more cash. Yeah, so quick, so fast. All the kids say they love it when I make them laugh. Welcome to the world of the plastic beach. 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 So that was Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the tartar sauce. So um, the main singer in this, if you haven't already heard, is Snoop Doggy Dog himself. <laughs> so this is the second track on the album, um, which follows this really beautiful orchestral kind of intro. Then they both kind of move into one another. They're kind of, the first two songs, I would argue, are just one song in themselves as they transition mm. into another. Um but the tartar sauce, it's creamy. It's got this kind of sharp saltiness with the dill pickle. And I think that's really reminiscent of the flow of Snoop Dogg kind of over the creamy, distorted synth. Mm. Um, I do think his voice is so- itself is also quite creamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snoop Doggy Dog. He's got this, yeah, he's got very low, deep undertones. And he's quite to his flow. Like, constant in the flow. Yeah. Um, but he also just adds this, like, it's just his voice itself. The tones of his voice, mm. you know, add that kind of little sharpness and the distorted synth and yeah, yeah, the sharpness from the lemon and it's it's definitely the tartar sauce, I think. And we also are. This is also a very big component of fish and chips, guys. Very. It's big. it's massive. You've got to have it. Like you can't <laughs> not have the tartar sauce with your cod. Yeah, it just and goes likewise, with the cod. Likewise, this song is super important because it's introducing the listeners to the the concept of this album like it's literally called welcome to the world of plastic like a plastic beach snoop dogg is setting the scene for the rest of the album yeah and also the music video is him on a ship yeah like, yeah looking around it's kind really of funny this, like, as well he's yeah. got some dad dancing going yeah, he on has. It's he's like, a little boogie he's like yeah 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 <laughs> snoop <Say> dogg, dogg. <laughs> um but I think that this song is really important. It's just really cool as well because it, um, with the synthesizer in the background and Snoop Dogg's flow, likewise to all the other features, you've got two very different um, aspects that are just really molding well together um, and just setting the scene of the whole concept of the album, which I just love. I think Snoop Dogg as well, for me, is a great narrator. <laughs> he is a great narrator. Yeah. Um, anyway. He's a storyteller at heart. Oh, we do love him, we do. <laughs> oh, I just find him, like, so... I love him to pieces. I find him really amusing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It's just, it's like, just the whole, like... I think his, it's his aura. Yeah, his it energy is. is awesome. <laughs> I just love that boy. Man. 
ain't a boy anymore. So we're now going to move on to the next song, which is called On Melancholy Hill, which we believe represents the chips. song was on melancholy hill and i think it does you know in the title itself it kind of instills a feeling of sadness but there's also definitely this tinge of happiness the chords that are used over the beat along with the melody are very melancholic at times Mm -hmm. i do think but you have also got the short staccato notes that are used in the song and i think this represents the kind of crunchy texture of the chips when you first bite into them and then 
this results in the synths and the vocals coming in and that's you know you've got this distorted and this fuzzy and warm um feel to the music that's just like the hot soft inside of the chips so you bite through this crunchy texture and then you come into the you know soft Mm. almost creamy part of the chips and it's very nice like the juxtaposition of the textures (laughs) which is kind of similar to like the crunchiness and the softness the Mm. song itself which you know does have this kind of almost upbeat nature but still downbeat nature yeah i think like the different uses of the different instruments and Mm. the in comparison to the vocals the vocals you know makes this quite you know almost it feels like they don't go, wouldn't go together, but they go really well. Yeah. I just think as well, when I listen to this song, like, no song that I know is so symbolic of what melancholy feels like. Melancholy is such a strange emotion because it is both happiness and sadness mixed together as one. It's the strangest thing, but I think this song is perfect mm. in symbolizing how that feels through music. Yeah. You know, because I feel like you can listen to this song and kind of dance and. There's like a little bit of, I don't know, uh, it brings a smile to my face, but also, I don't know, uh, there's like a kind of like, yeah, an undercurrent sadness that I feel mm. when I'm listening to it. I don't think I've ever felt sad. Really? No. I do. I feel really nostalgic, but I don't know if that's I feel because nostalgic. it reminds me of old friends and like when I was young and me listening to it. Mm. But I get this kind of sadness to it, like this underlying sadness. I would, but I would say that it's not sadness, it's melancholy, which yeah, is yeah, very yeah. different to sadness. It is like this kind of, sometimes you can't explain it. It's mm. like this, this, this feeling that you have and it's, you know, often associated with nostalgia. So I do think that's quite fair. Yeah. And I think this, you know, song itself, you've got the strange arpeggio riff before the vocals come in. Um, and you've got the guitar strumming over them, and it has this extra soulful tone to the dish and the song, and you kind of see that with like the starches in the chips, yeah. and there's a constant nature to the song as well. It's quite, I wouldn't say repetitive, but it's quite constant. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, no, I would agree. And with that. you kind of see that with in chips. You know, you have this consistent enjoyment when you're eating chips. That this this warm food, it's warming you, and yeah. it's always enjoyable. I've never eaten chips and not been happy. <laughs> so true. They do bring a smile to your face. Yeah. This also can be a love song. It's kind of like asking, "Will you come with me?" Um, it's like there's like a tinge of romance and warmness and heartiness yeah. to it. I think I just want to stay really quickly that I think it's really important when we're talking about the chips, that yeah. it's very clear that they are crunchy on the, the outside. outside. I yeah. don't want some full-ass, mushy, soggy chips that are Nuh-uh. soggy. No, no, no. They are crunchy on the outside and they're yeah. soft on the inside. Fluffy, fluffy. That. Mm. Oh, yes, fluffy is oh, the yeah. perfect Fluffy word. is the best word, bruh. That's, that <laughs> is how chips are supposed to be. And yeah. I will fight you on it if you eat soggy <laughs> chips, because that is a sin. I will fight you to the end. <laughs> and we used to have this little chip shop um, in London, like around the corner from where we lived. And my mum, my mum loves crunchy chips. 
And who doesn't know? And it got to a point where, like, every time we go in, my mum would say, can you put it back through just one more time mm-hmm. to make sure they're really crunchy? That when we'd go, they'd automatically do it for my mum. They just <laughs> knew that we liked our chips. Extra crunchy. Extra crunchy, please. <laughs> so that's very just little little bit from me that they must be crunchy chips and that's also just why it works well with the song itself because mm. you've got that crunchiness and that fluffiness on the inside and it's got this kind of duality to the song yeah um, i love that that's a really great comparison to chips in this song yeah um anyway we're gonna now move on to um plastic beach which we think represents the battered cod beer battered cod oh yeah de- yeah gotta <laughs> stress that it's a beer battered cod it's the english way <laughs>
that was Plastic Beach, which was the beer-battered cod. So Plastic Beach features Mick Jones, and I'm so sorry if I've pronounced this incorrectly, Paul Simonon. 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 And they are both key members of the band The Clash. Again, so, just like, oh, classic such a great feature coming in. <laughs> um, so this song, it's dark and menacing from the opening, and then it suddenly it kind of lightens with this fairy-like mystical piano kind of trickling in the piece. And so this represents the smooth, um, and like the fish, you know, kind of when you eat fish and it melts on your tongue. Oh, whilst mm. I'd say the opening is the crunchy beer batter that you're kind of biting through to get to the fish that oh, suddenly melts on yeah. your tongue. It's definitely, you've got the, um, you know, you've got Mick Jones, Paul Simone on um, the guitars at the beginning. Yeah. And you've got this, you know, kind of brooding nature um, to the beginning of the song. And that's, you know, for sure, that is the beer battered element of the yeah. card. And then it does, it instantly, the song lightens up and it just it's, like- It's so cool. Like. I kind of see it as like a massive explosion in my mouth. Yeah. And then the song does it so well. It's like something like, and like all these, this really cool um, sounds are going on in the background. And then you've also got the vocals, which are still like really flat, low, mm. discordant, which I think really represents the saltiness of the dish. Yeah. Kind of undercutting the fish. And I think that, you know, you get the effects that are being used in the song itself, almost kind of make it seem like it's underwater at times. Yeah. Which is, again, adding to the overall, like, kind of theme of the mm-hmm. of the album. And that's what I really like about this album as well, is that just like fish and chips, in which every element is important to the dish, the f- chips, you know, you need the chips, you need the fish, you need the salt and vinegar sauce, you need the tartar sauce, you need the mushy peas. All of those just go so well together, you know? Yeah. You can't really have, you know, that bite of the beer-battered cod without that little lemony aspect mm-hmm. of the tartar sauce. Yeah. And so everything kind of works within each other in the dish. And I think sp- very specifically with this album, everything works together. Mm. It's a story. Oh, you know, yeah, the album's yeah. a story. And so, you know, it really all of the songs are like so well. a necessary element. Yeah. Just like the dish itself. Also, this is really fitting for this um, song as well the fact that this is the battered cod because this song tells a story about a whale who's venturing through a styrofoam deep sea landfill mm. yeah and it, the, the song is very ambiguous though because it's like it opens with that and then the lines Every that follow song is, is so ambiguous, ambiguous. <laughs> I think sometimes more you're like oh is this what it means but, but that's the that point you know again, they the wanted us to be able to create our own ideas like you know, yeah. put onto our life experiences onto the song, mm-hmm. not telling us what it has to be, but it yeah. can be what we want it's it to be. It's whatever you want it to be. Which is really lovely. And um, so this brings us on to our final song and our final ingredient. So this is Empire Ants, which is the IPA, the India Pale Air. <laughs> Thank you. 
I really, I really love this song and this album, and I think it's because it's kind of this dreamlike essence to Empire Ants. Um, it features Little Dragon, um, which is quite a different choice from I love you know, Little Lou Dragon Reed or Bobby Womack. They're a great band. I yeah. love their music, and it, they definitely add to the song the feeling um, of you know this kind of dreamlike, fantastical element um with their synth pop style of music mm-hmm. and so you have this mystical sense to the song and there's this fluidity to it and i think it just best sums up this like thirst quenching light ipa yeah you know it's got that kind of that fruitiness that lightness and it's not overpowering but it's still just you know delicious and it when the when little dragon comes onto the song um, she adds just this whole other dynamic to it that I think is just, you know, exactly like when the alcohol is getting into the bloodstream. Yeah. And it's that so kind of true. effect on the body. Is this her <laughs> voice trails off and echoes in the background of the track. Mm. And it's just like that, you know, that little lightness and yeah. this tingly feeling that you get all over when you've had a little bit to drink. Also, like before she gets on, like before she starts singing, there's literally like a little sequence or a pause and it is literally like okay boom and then suddenly it is actually like um you're, you're just becoming more drunk as you drink yeah. i do love an ipa so cool. oh, and i amazing. you know i don't know if this is a lager um or like a stout of any kind it is an ipa because it's just got that lightness to it yeah the fruitiness as well i yeah. think which is um it really encapsulates this song as well because of the mystical fairy like mm. nature and also like little dragon her voice as well yeah adds that kind of um like yeah fruity texture mm. that the ipa mate the amount is. of jokes that i get about goddamn ipas like i was um working over the summer and uh they were asking what like beers we had on tap and i was like well we have oh. a couple ipas and they were like oh what's an ipa firstly how can you not know what an ipa is man you're an adult now <laughs> um i was, like, I was in india pele and they're like oh do you personally sponsor that because of your name I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> what I would think as well with the alcohol effect, not to dwell, IPAs are so strong, yo. Like, they are. I had, I had like three think... brew dogs and I'm like, woohoo! You don't initially think they're going to be that strong because they are they're that so light strong. element to it. And like, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. just easily drink them. Yeah, so watch out, guys, because the alcohol content is pretty high. But that's why it's, you know, <laughs> that's why it's Empire Ants. Yeah, this, I, I actually feel like this is one of my favourite songs off the album. I love it. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. I also love it, but I also really love Stylo, and I also really love Plastic Beach, mm-hmm. and I also really love some kind of nature so i'm just you know in love yeah with pretty much all of the songs there's also this line which i really love in this song and it goes the polyphonic prayer is here it's all around you it's all around you out here and i kind of interpreted this as music as kind of a savior through struggle and i love the idea of a polyphonic prayer i think that's so yeah. such a cool way to describe for me music also i just feel like this song is just kind of um it's a separation from the rest of the album itself. It's a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more hopeful. Yeah. You know, you've got where the emptiness we leave behind on warm air rising blows all the shadows far away. Yeah, you've it's got, got that this... more like poppy element to it, which I think as well on Melancholy Hill 
resonates with this kind of element too, mm. although it's kind of a bit more melancholic. <laughs> yeah, but I think that kind of separation that you see with this song from the album is again kind of like the IPA itself because yeah. it's not your go-to drink for fish and chips, I would argue. I think genuinely you might go for like a, just a straight up lager. Yeah, um, I think or something as well. like that. But I think, you know, this is, you know, this is an IPA and it does still go well with fish and chips. Um, yeah. And, but it's kind of, you know, it is separate from the dish. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it's a drink. It's, it's not like you're coating your fish and chips with the IPA. <laughs> I mean, Please unless don't you're like obsessed, just pouring it over, like, yep, they said this was part of the dish, so I'm going to do it. Um, but I, I mean, I do love an IPA. And if you haven't had one, definitely go try. Out and try it. You should you you Expand need to try an IPA, yeah. and you know it's not for everyone. A lot of people don't like an IPA. Um, mm-hmm. They are created um, for longevity, so they were created so that they could last in the barrels mm-hmm. to travel between India and England, I believe. So mm-hmm. you know the taste is quite different, yeah. but it's it is really nice. And also sometimes you can find some really really nice IPAs, and some IPAs can be shy. But that's like any drink. There's yeah, that is like any drink. There's a whole like range of different tastes to an IPA. So you can yeah. d- definitely just do trial and error. See what you like, see what you don't like. Why not? Yeah. Um, so that was Empire Ants and that was the IPA. A little hopeful song to end on. Yes. Um and we are so excited to just be recording more, but please let us know if you guys have any other ideas for yeah. future episodes. We'd love to hear what, you know, your views are on what we're doing, on what we're yeah. creating, on what you think we should do. Yeah, because we have we have been disputed by somebody, actually, for this week's episode. Um, shout out to Flo Duckworth, because she believes that this album um, represents sushi. So she's an interesting one. Yeah. And I can see it. I can but see I it think, as well. But I think, you know, when, you, we, when you're looking at food and music, you can, it's very subjective. You can yeah. look at something and say, I think this is this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's absolutely fair. We're not saying that our word is gospel, <laughs> no. you know? Yeah, um, no, no. we are not superior um, to representing food with music we're not but like the food music we gods. <laughs> we do like to look at you know kind of we want to look at music and food that complement each other both in like culture and society and also in just taste and sound taste and sound so yeah. you know we went with you know a classic english meal with gorillas plastic beach because they are a british band mm-hmm. and quite a well-known one and and so we kind of look at that as well. Yeah. But we're up We're up for debate, lads. Yeah. We really are. <laughs> and we really appreciate all of you listening in. Yeah, thank you so much. taking the time out of your day to listen to us ramble mm. <laughs> about our favourite foods and our favourite bands. So we hope you have an amazing week. Get the gorillas on. They have so much, like, apart from this album, the amount of music they have is, like, it's limitless. Also, I think they're such a band where you should watch the music videos because they're, like, pieces of the music in itself. Yeah, definitely. Immerse yourself in their art and their music because they will take you on a pure, like, joyride through this fictional universe. Over the summer, they were releasing new music on YouTube with all these different artists, Mm. and I think it was, like, one a week or something like that. Definitely give that a look because, they, you know, they do go with the times. They've been going since 1998. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And they're still, they're still going strong. Mm. Which is just oh, amazing. 
I'm so excited to see what else they have to like bring to us. Just like fish and chips is always going strong. Oh, as a meal yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I am India. And I am Izzy. And this was If, if Music Be the Food of Love. love.